Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm here along with my good friend. You got to go and check him out everywhere he is because he is a multimedia entrepreneur, per se. I was going to say king, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not even sure, like me, if he's the king of his own household because, you know, what happens out there, you know who really runs the house. Yes. <laughs> It's the missus for him, and it's the missus for me. So that's all we'll say right there. But he is the mastermind behind Smoking Hot Confessions. For the best in grilling out there for videos, podcasts, great website, tips, ideas, and so much more, there is no better place to go for the conversation that he has, the great friends that he has out there, the conversations, the the great ideas. He's got a great community. It is Smoking Hot Confessions on everywhere you go, whether it's social media, YouTube, everywhere you go. It is my good friend. It is Ben Arnault. And Ben, great to have you back on the program. I said, as I brought you back on, I said I would bring you back on. I'm keeping to my word because, you know, right now a lot is going on in pop culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots to talk about today. Absolutely, my friend. So where we left off, I think was right around early July, if I remember correctly. And that was around the time that Falcon and Winter Soldier had ended. And we were looking to get really into Loki. So Loki was coming around the corner for you there. And then, of course, Black Widow appeared on the scene. And we know how that went as far as the uh, critical is like either which way. People don't seem to love it people didn't seem to hate it i think it's right in the middle for a lot of people and i think that's very fair to say but we know as far as for scholar johansson and her now fight with disney we know how far that went now but that's another story that's a bigger issue in its entirety in regards to that and the future where that holds but after that you got what if and around the corner as we talk about this is shang chi and the legend of the ten rings which i'm absolutely excited for Cannot wait for that movie to come out. I was really, truly excited because I was a big champion behind Black Widow. Again, it was all right for what it was. But I want to hear your thoughts on, since we've left, We there's a lot of things that have been going on in the MCU. Basically, because of what's happened, MCU, Marvel, Disney, they're not going to see the kind of numbers at the box office that they once did. At least not for a long time to come. But does... Disney and Marvel still have that MCU mystique. And yes, I am. I do know I am using that X-Men reference on that. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting time, hasn't it? I mean, we've had these TV shows that we did discuss last time I was on. I think we talked about um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Yes. Um, and then Loki came out. Loki blew me away. I thought that was just great. I really enjoyed that. The Man after my own heart. Started slow, but that last episode, I, my daughter and I, my, my Marvel fan daughter and I just going back and forth on it. She couldn't stand it. She, she Basically, the synopsis is if you're under 30, you really didn't like it. If you're over 30, you absolutely loved it. And I absolutely loved that last episode of Loki. That's, that's the kind of beat from what I'm hearing and seeing on social media. Yeah, I I actually really enjoyed those those early episodes. Like, yeah, they were a bit slower, but it was nice seeing Loki off balance 
because mm-hmm. he's usually the one pulling all the strings. He's usually the one, the the mastermind behind it all. And yeah. so to see him with the rug pulled out from under him and to see him wandering around not knowing what's going on and why people are doing things to him and all this sort of stuff, I, I, I actually really enjoyed that. Well, the first episode I thought was a slow burn. I thought it, yeah, picked up once they started globetrotting or time hopping, I should say, all over the place. And it got a lot better from there. And, of course, it closed out with he who remains unfortunately being knocked off by Sylvie and has now set off an entire chain of events in the multiverse and branches off into different multiverses and different universes now colliding and all that. So now we're seeing the effects of that as we speak right now with what if on Disney plus your initial thoughts on what if, I mean, you know, the captain Carter episode is now out and uh, about we're about ready to see, King T'Challa instead of the role as Star-Lord take up that mantle. So I'm, I'm actually very excited to see that because it is the last performance and the final performance for the late Chadwick Boseman. Uh, I'm really excited to see that. So I want to hear your thoughts on where we can go with what if, because I was like, eh, on the first episode, but I, I'm still very hopeful for a lot better and a lot more. Yeah, we just actually um, watched uh, the first episode of What If yesterday, so it's uh, it, it's still really fresh in my mind, and uh, we loved it. My son and I sat there on the couch and we watched every every second of it and just thought it was brilliant. Because um, I I'm one of these people that I love watching things like uh, you know the the clips that were cut from Back to the Future of Eric Stoltz in the in the lead role before they fired him and got um, yep. Michael J. Fox. Like I love all those kind of alternate casting type clips that you see come out every now and again, and you know, things like, um, you know, t- Tom Cruise was a, was apparently the original pick to play Iron Man. And I find that fascinating to literally sit there and go, oh, wow, what if that had happened? Exactly. Um, and so to now actually have this TV show coming out and being able to explore those different ideas was just really, uh, really interesting stuff. And I enjoyed the, the Captain Carter episode one because it was, it was good to see, um, see a lady in such a strong role. That part was the best about it. I just thought, yeah, the, yeah. For me, it was about an issue of the the uneven voice talent behind her. As far as Haley Atwell was really good, but everything else was like hit or miss. And then the fact is, if you blinked and you miss it, you don't know exactly how the tesseract you know gets in the hands of Hydra. You just you literally, if you blink, you miss it. They found it in a tomb or something, didn't they? Well, no, they found the tomb and all that, just like the regular story, but. If you remember that Captain Carter got a hold of the Tesseract and brought it back to the Allies, but you don't know at the very end of the episode, because, and spoilers, if you haven't heard, seen this episode already, spoilers, you know, the Red Skull gets his hands on the Tesseract and uses it to power up a dimension where the Shumagorath comes out and, you know, you see the tentacles and all that. But how did the Tesseract land in his hands in the first place? Well, funny you should ask that. In the scene that takes place halfway through, Howard Stark powers up the Hydra Smasher. And what does he power it with? In a very quick scene, you see the Tesseract in there. I had to look at the show twice, and I didn't, still didn't see it. I had to actually go to YouTube and uh, you know, a guy who does a great job out there, Emergency Awesome, so I give him props. He pointed it out for me that that's how. And I'm like, that's how, because it happened when Steve got uh, the big bomb exploded in the train and, he, you know, because he was there with a Hydra Smasher and then he got captured. And that's how the, the Tesseract got captured. And 
I didn't even know. I it just some little plot points like that. They kind of irritates me as far as if it's not fully explained. I actually thought in that scene where the train exploded and, and Steve sort of went down into the Canyon, I thought that we were going to see Steve become the winter soldier. That would have been awesome. I, that I thought been. that's where they were going with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That would have been a great turn. See, and even another, what if, you know, maybe that's saved for another multiverse. You never know. But what I want to ask you this, because with all this going on in the MCU, I mean, they're not obviously getting the big numbers, but there's still many exciting things that are out there. But is it generating the type of enthusiasm out there? I mean, we're still seeing big numbers. I mean, Disney just posted that they are now up to 116 million subscribers worldwide, which is above uh, Wall Street's and I guess above analysts worldwide's expectations in regards to that. So I guess that's a great sign that that people are enjoying what's out there. But do you see the overall enthusiasm still for the Marvel product? We kind of touched on this before when we were um, last talking about Black Widow. And I think that there is a lot of anticipation fatigue. And I think that all this, um, all this, uh, you know, staying at home stuff that we've had to do, I think that that's kind of, uh, it, it's been a big hit on the um, momentum that the, that the Marvel universe had built over the last, you know, 12 years before all this started happening. And I think it's going to be hard to sort of recapture that, that momentum. I think if all the coronavirus stuff hadn't happened, I, then I think we'd still be rolling with it. I think we'd still have all that enthusiasm, but I think that they've just had such a big hit to their momentum that they're going to have to come up with something really special to try and sort of get people into it again. Cause I mean, we're probably going to talk a bit more about it later on, but Watching Black Widow, I just I actually kind of sat there on my laptop and played Civ Six through the whole thing. So, um, <laughs> you know, because I was just as well. Tell uh, me, I mean, like I said, I thought Black Widow was okay, and I just that's all I can give it. I mean, for someone I've been championing it now five years on this show that a Black Widow movie needed to come out, and it felt outdated, it felt overdue, and it felt something that it should have taken place a long time ago. And the story and everything place was okay, but it just felt to me the entire way that I should have been watching this back in 2016. Or even earlier, um, yeah. you know, like maybe sort of straight after Iron Man 2 or something. Because, I mean, yeah. we've seen the, the Black Widow character in, um, in, the, uh, in the last two big ones. She was basically sort of heading up the Avengers after the snap. She was kind of basically keeping everything under control. And then she ended up sacrificing her life at the end of it. Like that's, that's a huge character trajectory to be on. And then all of a sudden we're going and we're jumping right back to, and something that really didn't matter anymore in, in, in terms of the storyline. Like it was, it, it was nice to see that, that backstory, but there were just so many things in there that would have been cool six, seven years ago, eight years ago. And now it just kind of, it just, it, it just felt too late, yeah, too late. And I, I really agree. would have loved to have seen some more uh, Red Guardian. Um, I, I thought we we're going to see a lot more of him doing stuff, some Captain America type stuff. And I really would have liked to have seen more with Taskmaster. Do you like the twist in Taskmaster? And again, we're going to the spoilers, everyone out there. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't mind the the whole gender flip thing. I, I don't have a problem with that at all, but the way they kind of just sort of wrote the character out at the ending. Cause I mean, Taskmaster is such a bigger character in the comics than, than what we basically saw the end of the character at the end of this movie. It was just kind of, that character felt like it was thrown away. 
Uh, Red Guardian, I didn't feel like was utilized as as much as it as he could have been. You know, it it kind of felt more to me like it would have been a it would have been a a Disney Plus TV show. Like it would have been better done in chunks, like like that than in that than trying to put it out as a feature film, if that makes sense. And then at the end, the end credit scene, which is going to set up the Hawkeye series, or as far as a segment in the Hawkeye series with, uh, you know, the current Black Widow now that Natasha said, mm. she is going to assume the role of Black Widow and she's going to, Florence Pugh, she's going to assume the role and now she's going to go after Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye because of what was Julia Julius Dreyfus, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, yeah, Madam Hydra, she gives him the in, she gives her the information and says that okay, this is what happened. This is the guy who killed you, Black Widow, and you know how do you know all the information that happened on that planet? And then if you know all that information, how does and Florence Pugh sound, looks like she has a good idea already. If that's the case, why didn't it just come out that you know he tried to jump first? Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe it'll come that'll come out in the series. Maybe maybe uh, she will get lightened up in the in the in the series. So I'm I'm sure she'll become aware when it becomes plot convenient. Yeah. Um <laughs> she'll be enlightened per se. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I I actually felt like that movie was more of an introduction of Florence Pugh's character than it was a true send-off to Natasha Romanoff. There was um, quite a bit of that. And Florence Pugh I think is going to be really good, but you're right. It was Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a half and a half, half thank you and and half hello. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So that um, yeah, I mean that's sort of where I was at with that. And so sort of circling back to to your original question of you know how do I feel about the Marvel universe as a whole? I, I kind of for me a lot of the excitement is is starting to wane. Um, you know we've got things like the Eternals coming up. Um, doesn't really do anything for me at all to be honest i'm not i'm not too interested in the eternals i am on the um, fence right now right myself so yeah it's it's that's it's something i mean i'm excited for shang chi and the and the legend of the ten rings because if that does well and i'm not considering again you know how well can it do in the middle of a pandemic we're not sure but if it enlightens people out there or if it brightens or puts on a pedestal the kung fu genre as a whole and it's a really good movie and what it will do for after once the pandemic's over and you can continue that character along that line, what that will do to the Kung Fu genre. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that aspect. If it's a really good film, it could really do a lot of great and positive things because I've been a long, long time fan of the Kung Fu genre ever since the seventies and the eighties, when I was watching those Bruce Lee films on reruns and, you know, just, just to me, I'm hopeful of the series and the genre and, as you who practice and studies in the martial arts, this has got to be an, a chance for, for you to be excited about something that could just blow away anything else that's taken place in the genre. Mate, I'll tell you what, this is a comic book movie. It's a martial arts movie. If this guy lights up a barbecue, that's it. I'm in heaven. That's, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll never need to watch another movie again in my whole life. That'll be my, that'll he'll be my be, three things. Altogether. He'll be battling his dad in the movie, 8K in the Mandarin. Then they'll stop and they'll say, Hold on a second. I got to throw the steak right there for you. And then you just be like, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They just roll out some, some pulled pork sliders and, and, and settle their differences. Big on America. 
Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Digging America Podcast, and I'm here with Big Hops. And I'm also here with Mikey Famine. Digging America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. We're on every single audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. Dig on America. So how does it look for you? How does it look for you coming in? It's an early September release. It's still, as of this recording, still... Although they may reconsider, it's still a theater-only, theatrical-only release. I did just read that this morning, yeah. Yeah, so your thoughts on it? I mean, I'm I'm just so excited. I think Aquafina is a terrific actress. I think, you know, Simulio is someone that could be uh, you know, a superstar in the making. I was wondering, you know, seeing Snake Eyes, uh, as far as that come out, and Henry Golding, I thought that was his words to both uh, Warner Brothers HBO Max, and uh, in regards to Mortal Kombat, and then also to Marvel saying, hey, maybe I should have been the lead guy on either of these films. I don't know what behind the scenes if he actually ever tried or they were interested. Or, you know, I didn't know anything about that. But Simu Liu comes out, and so far in the trailers, he's been blowing me away. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been a, a fan of him for, for quite a while. My wife and I love to watch um Kim's Convenience. Kim's, Kim's Convenience, yeah. I've yeah. only seen a couple episodes, but oh, I've, what I've seen is really, really good. Yeah, well we lived in uh South Korea for two years. So we okay. we know the those little families like they're they're portraying that that run these twenty four seven convenience stores and you know, they 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 sleep in the store and you you're walk in the door and the little bell above the door goes and the guy pops up out of his sleeping bag from behind the counter. And I, I actually, things. when I was a kid, I remember those in the day. If you threw yeah. an arcade machine in the front of the store, it'd be just like my days in SoCal because they had those, we, well, we used to call them liquor stores back in the day. We used to even call them convenience. It was convenience because the guys, the bums would come in and they go and get their alcohol and the guys in the front like me or the kids would come up on their bikes and play arcade games. So I guess you could call it convenience. And and give the bums ten bucks to bring you out a six pack or something and oh, head yeah. down to the aqueduct or something. <laughs> no, no, no. For me, it was all about too much time on the video games for me. So I didn't have time to go ahead and drive. You know that would that would take if I get if I get buzzed, that would take away my my sharpness. I got to have my reaction time, man. Got to have my reaction. Start time. losing your 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 motor coordinate your motor skills coordination. Yeah. Yes, but you know <laughs> then I can be and then I became an adult and then well they, you know, different things happened from there, but. <laughs> but, but this is to me is just going to take it to an all new level i think as far as uh, the kung fu genre i mean you have those same hopes as well definitely absolutely yeah i'm i'm super keen for for shang chi um i to be honest i'm a bit bummed that it's only going to be in cinemas um because uh we're we're much more we are much happier at the moment to pay you know 30 bucks 35 bucks to to watch it at home you know we've we've got a big screen tv we've got a sound system we've got a comfortable couch you know we can make our own popcorn and do whatever and you know um there are some movies that that i do want to still go and see in the cinema things like uh if the top gun sequel ever comes out that's going to have to be a like an imax cinema type job um but something like shang chi i'd really like to see it um at home um but you know Aside from that, the trailers just look excellent. Um, 
you know, although we have seen excellent trailers and then rubbish films before, yeah. um, you know, the first Suicide Squad, I'm looking at you. Um, but uh, uh, well, I'm going to bring up something in that in a second. Well, oh, okay, that's cool, I, cool. Yeah, well, that's what I want to ask you because, you know, the Marvel Mystique, again, right now due to COVID or due to, like you said, uh, anticipation, anguish, and things of that nature has caused maybe the excitement and the fervor you have overall for the MCU not as high as it once was, is this a time where DC can bridge that gap? Because DC has been all over the place. I mean, the Joker was a huge success for them financially just before the pandemic hit and with the largest grossing R-rated movie of all time. But it's in a different plane because it deals with a different Joker. And then you're dealing with different Batmans. Batmans are all over the place. The young Batman, you got Bad Fleck, and then you've got Batman Keaton, you know, dealing with Flashpoint and all that. So you're going to totally confuse the average consumer out there. I, there, I mean, you could do any type of thing you want in Flashpoint. You're still going to confuse the average consumer that's not up to date on the DC universe. It uh, to me, it's a guarantee because it just. I, I think there's still some things that DC needs to work out. But do you think DC is closing that gap? I mean, the Suicide Squad came out, the Suicide Squad, which is the second one. Much better, much, much better than the original Suicide Squad that came out in 2016. James Gunn deserves the credit. Now, mind you, financially, it wasn't a big win. But I imagine if when Warner Brothers and HBO Max come out with their numbers, they're going to tell us that it it really hit for them. So I want to hear your thoughts with Black Adam, Shazam 2, Flashpoint, Another Wonder Woman, perhaps, because Wonder Woman 84 was hit and miss, although it did big numbers to get in HBO Max, That's which is what most important. You know, yeah. critically, you could say what you want, and believe me, a lot of people have said they want, but Wonder Woman 3, I think, is still going to be in development. So I want to hear your thoughts. Has DC kind of closed that gap? They've still got a lot of work to do. they still got a little bit of messes here and there to clean up. Aquaman 2 is now in production, so I want to hear your thoughts. Are they closing that gap? I don't know if they're closing the gap, but this is definitely an opportunity. They've got this moment now that the uh, that the MCU momentum has been has been sort of uh, broken, and so they've they've got an opportunity to definitely catch up. And I think in the Flashpoint film, I think there's going to have to be um, a reasonable amount of exposition to explain to, as you said, the the casual viewer who's not going to be aware of Flashpoint and the significance of Flashpoint. And I mean, even if you've watched the the CW show, I mean, the CW did Flashpoint season two or three, like ages ago. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, you know, they're, they're going to have to sort of flesh that out a bit. But they really do have the opportunity to 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 seize this kind of this lag in momentum um, with with the MCU, um, and and catch up. Now, you mentioned the Suicide Squad. Uh, I, I have seen that. I had to watch it via magic because um, that there's no way currently to see it uh, here in Australia. So I had to, you know, and um, we we watched that the other day as well. And I thought that was just brilliant. I thought it was really good. Um, it was obviously, like, very obviously, a James Gunn film. Yeah. Um, like very it, stylistic. It, it it actually felt like you could see Star Lord come and land there and he'd fit right in like it it, it sort of just it, it didn't particularly feel marvel or dc it just yeah. it felt james gunn um 
and so yeah, I'm really interested to see where they can go with that. I've been reading online that uh, the DC is basically prepared to just give him an open slate now and just say, look, if you want to come and work with us, we want to work with you, and let's let let's do this, you know. But yeah, I, I, I thought that the, the the Suicide Squad was so much better than the first one. Harley Quinn was still the standout for me, and I think if they if they do the Flashpoint. It, it, it lets them do things like they can bring back Rick Flagg if they want to, you know, uh, that they can keep characters that have worked for them and they can get rid of other characters that haven't worked for them. Um, I, well, I you've really seen that's like... the case with James Gunn. He's willing to kill off anybody at any point in time in the Suicide Squad. Existing yeah, yeah. characters from the previous film, they're not safe, that's for sure. Yeah, when I saw that uh, that um, Captain Boomerang was back, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting," because he was like he copped a lot of uh, copped a lot of flack after the first film. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he um, he didn't last very long. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. But yeah, no. and everybody else in there. I mean, there was in the first five minutes. Oh, actually, first ten minutes, you already had several characters which were portrayed as saying, you know, they were going to be there for a little while, but. James Gunn said, you know, don't hold on to any of these characters because any of them can be off at any point in time. I really liked uh, Idris Elba. He did, I think, an outstanding yes. job. Really just uh, very happy with his performance. Uh, you know, and just for me all around, it was very stylistic, very James Gunn, very entertaining. I know that I was kind of down on James Gunn a little bit after Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which, again, depending on who you speak to, is is really good or eh kind of a little bit uh, not so good and i josh and i were like eh, wasn't quite there for us yet but okay he's got uh which sounds like you feel the opposite but for me uh, again this is a redemption for the entire ip and i think that going forward yeah they would be well served no matter what the financials say because you're not none of these films are, you know and that's something everybody's got to understand none of these films are going to return on their investment not even the small, cheap horror movies under normal circumstances are going to return on their investment. Like Don't Breathe 2 is out right now. Even that's a type of movie that doesn't stand a chance of recouping its investment. You've got mm. 150, 180, $200 million films like The Suicide Squad. You can't expect them to go ahead and make three to three and a half times their budget, which in normal Hollywood times is the way that you go ahead and break even or turn a small profit. So yeah, right now I just think people have to have a different understanding. What right now is most important is when you have these films like the suicide squad, how much audience does it bring into the streaming aspect of it? Because we saw that, you know, with black widow, $60 million was generated within the first few days for Disney and Disney Plus on the streaming end, not the box office end. So that's a huge win for Disney. And then that, just trying to correlate that with something else. I mean, for HBO Max, it's all about how many people, how many eyeballs are watching it. They've they have gone the Netflix route of they're just getting about they're just worried about eyeballs. How many eyeballs are watching the product? And that to me, I think is the most important thing right now. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about that at all. So we've got Shang Chi coming up. I'm super excited about that. There's all the DC stuff happening as well. Eternals, I could take or leave. The third Spider-Man has the potential to be really cool. We're probably um, going to see a trailer here. I know by the time this airs, we'll probably already have seen the trailer because it was expected on Monday, just to give you a heads up. Uh, 
we'll see what happens with that if it actually comes to fruition. But Venom, Let There Be Carnage has been delayed about a month and a half, I think, or five, six weeks, I think. Or no, four, about four weeks, four weeks, so I'm sorry, to October, mid-October, depending on your, your local market. So that's something I think uh, is going to be just based off the pandemic, right? I mean, right now we are at the mercy in a lot of cases of what COVID, you know, deals to us in regards to our release dates out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's absolutely right. Once we can start getting out to cinemas, then we're going to start seeing some more of these things returning profits and part of that buzz and that excitement of, oh, we're going out to the cinema. And, you know, I, I think maybe that's part of what was has caused that sort of breakdown of Marvel momentum that we were talking about earlier. It's just that, you know, it it used to be, well, at, at least here in Australia anyway, going to the cinemas is, is an expensive thing to do. And yeah. so it was like, oh, we're going out to the cinema now. Oh, wow. And now we're sitting on the couch in our pajamas. And, uh, you know, and so I, I think that could well be tied into it as well. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! You see with James Gunn, the success that he has with the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad is not going to even come near financially what it should have, but it's done so well critically and on HBO Max, I'm assuming that he's going to get a future with there, like you were talking about earlier. But mm. yeah, I just so many things to talk about, just so many things to see. I mean, when it comes to pop culture, I know we've got The Mandalorian coming around the beginning of next year and the Boba yes. Fett. Yes, Boba Fett series that's coming out right at the end of the year. I know we're looking forward to that, but it's still a good time to be a fan of pop culture, my friend, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting what you were mentioning before about um, about how Shang-Chi is going to be cinema release only. Now, do you think that that decision has been made in response to the contract disputes with Scarlett Johansson? Do you think maybe maybe Simu Liu's got a similar contract and so they're, they're uh, making sure they stick to cinema only release to that's avoid a good that question. drama? Or? Well, that's a good question, but... You know, what's interesting is what I read the other day from the trade papers like Variety and Deadline and that The Rock was renegotiated on just before the release of Jungle Cruise. Because that's that was my question. Why hasn't Emma Stone, who was contemplating a lawsuit because of Cruella, why hasn't she filed? And then I was thinking, okay, why hasn't Emily Blunt or The Rock whoever it was the individual or individuals that were getting points on the film, how come they haven't thought about doing the same? And then I, and I read that they actually renegotiate its contract and they're doing all the same with the HBO max individuals and stars there. So they're all getting reworked contracts and Cruella with Cruella two just being announced in development. And Emma Stone is coming back. That tells me she was taken care of. I think they blew it with Scarlett Johansson. I'm beginning maybe to think that this might be an isolated case where I thought maybe two weeks ago it might have been something that was going to be like, okay, Scarlett Johansson's at the head of the train and everybody else is going to be doing the same thing, following behind for every upcoming project. But I have a feeling that Hollywood 
after what happened with Scarlett Johansson has quickly dotted their I's and crossed their T's. I still think they should take care of Scarlett Johansson as soon as possible and make sure she's taken care of and what she deserves. Well, I read um, just this morning that they actually dropped her What If episode in response to the lawsuit being filed. So I, I thought that was kind of... Um, well, she wasn't appearing. I mean, she, was, she doesn't appear as a voice in the, in the, in the series in the first place. Oh, uh, well, that, that, they were talking about a Black Widow and Ultron episode, so I just assumed it must have been Scarlett Johansson. Uh, it's not her voice, I don't believe, in there. Oh, okay. Okay. So if, they, if that happens, maybe that's that's the case, and they, they cut up just because of that. But, you know, maybe there's some type of resistance she is. But I don't think she's in – like she's, like her character is going to appear here in a in not-too-distant future in an episode that includes uh, the Randy Donut scene from, I think, Iron Man 2, where, Iron, you know, Iron Man is sitting on top. And that's not even Robert Downey Jr. Because there's individuals there – they got about, what – 85, maybe 90% of the individuals back from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I believe there are individuals such as, for instance, Red Skull. Red Skull was played uh, on voice by the actor. Yeah, yeah, from Mm. The Walking Dead, who played the same character in Avengers Endgame. Yep. And then you have, of course, you have Robert Downey Jr. did not come back. That's not going to be his voice when you hear that there. So. I believe the same goes for Scarlett Johansson. I think she did not return. I think this, but this was like something that was done over a year ago. So that was something yeah, that yeah, yeah. was just decided from there. But uh, mm. I, we'll see if that happens. And they took that out. I mean, still hearing nine episodes. I hoping that that's the case. That's not the case because I like to see how this pans out. I'd like to get a better impression of what's going forward. Because the last thing I want to ask you is that with what if they're going to be canon? which was announced just before the series started, which a couple of weeks prior I'd said, well, maybe this is not required viewing for casual Marvel fans, but I had to recant my statement because it is now canon. So you will most likely see at some point a live action Captain Carter, a.k.a. Haley Atwell. You'll probably see her at some point in a movie down the road because the multiverse aspect since the death of He Who Remains is now going to, you know, that's what happened now that's caused all this. But, like, for instance, Multiverse of Madness, when Doctor Strange 2 comes out, that's going to bring create, that up, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be create a whole bunch of things going on. Yeah, there's going to be some, uh, some, interesting, some interesting things happening there. And I think that um, we've, we've been talking about uh, box offices being smaller and people not getting out to cinemas and all that sort of stuff. I think as a result of that, we're going to see things like less Robert Downey Jr. Because yeah. the studios know that they're not going to get that that big box office money coming in to cover his salary and back end and all that sort of stuff. So I, I would love to see some, uh, some Ironheart stuff, to be honest. Um, partly because the, uh, the young lady that played his daughter and was cut from the film is from Western Australia. So I'm a little bit like, go Aussie. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, she's a fantastic actress and I'd, I'd love to see her sort of suiting up um, or the other version of Ironheart that they have, um, the character's name is escaping me. Is it Brandy? No. Um, an African American girl. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking. Yeah, because yeah, that's that's in the uh, that's in the most recent version of Ironheart in the in the comic books. Mm. Yeah, so they probably will. They most likely they would go that route, or the, you're right, they could go the route of of the young lady who who was uh, in you know who was cut out in the scene that. That's deleted scene that you see in the Avengers Endgame DVD and Blu-ray, but 
I'm hoping either which way that they do keep that character alive. I'm sure that when it comes to the young Avengers, which they are building on that team and they're, they're building it up to whatever, as far as they got a regular Avengers and the young Avengers, it looks like that they're going to include some version of Ironheart. I believe at that point in time, I, I think it's a can't miss. I think because now Iron Man is so, so much an iconic part of the MCU having some relation, I think is inevitable. Sorry, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to use the Thanos term there. <laughs> nice. But, I like what you did there, though. Yeah, but I, before we get to your, you know, just great explanation of what's going on with SHC, and hopefully a little tip for everybody out there before we head on out, I want to ask you this. I mean, again, COVID and the Delta variant is nothing to sneeze at. I'm not going to go ahead and, and make jokes on nice that. Pun. Because nice I, pun. Yes. Well, okay, that was meant. That was that was my only pun that I didn't mean to do, but. <laughs> Uh, I will say that it is something that is very serious, and I do take seriously. I did go see Black Widow before everything started rising up again here in the States. Is there one MCU movie that you want to check, or is there one movie you feel is a can't-miss to theaters? For me, you talked about the experience that you want to go see in IMAX as far as uh, which movie again? Uh, Top Gun 2, Top Gun, whatever yeah, it's Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, Top Gun 2, whenever that comes out. I'm I think it's summer 2022 now, but who knows when mm-hmm. I could be out. Uh, I, for me, I think Dune. I, I really am thinking over, my wife and I are thinking over looking at Dune because Denis Villeneuve has, from the trailers, just done an outstanding job. Blade Runner 2049 was such a beautiful movie, and the cinematography on that was truly outstanding. So I'm, I think I would not be doing it justice if I see it at home. And then, you know, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, I... I'm really on the fence on. I may actually have to go see that in theaters. I just, yeah, it just, you may have to take that risk. Well, considering that it's not going to be coming out in theaters here in Australia, I'm going to have to, if I want to see it uh, in time for us to talk about it. So um, unless I can find it by magic. Well, Um, you got to tell me when you see it, you got to tell me your thoughts on it because we got to bring it back on because you and I are speaking such high acclaim of it and the movie hasn't even come out, out yet. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be great, um, and it's it's going to be um, sort of showcasing some some Asian actors in strong roles as well, which is really good. There's a um, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a remake on television at the moment of the old Kung Fu show with David Carradine, mm-hmm. and it's um, they've they've uh, gender swapped it, and the entire cast, bar one or two, are um, are all Asian actors, and it's just it's really good to see. Um, Asian actors being able to perform in non-stereotypical roles. Yeah. You know, they're Absolutely. not just the, not just the funny sidekick or the, you know, the comic relief or whatever, you know, they're actual, like they're the ones driving the action and the story and all the rest of it. So that's, I think that that's going to be part of the next sort of wave. And, you know, we, we keep hearing stories of, you know, Michael B. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan being a, being a black Superman and all this sort of stuff. I think we're going to see a whole lot more sort of open-minded representations of characters and stories, which I think is going to be really interesting and sort of, you know, but just bump everything up to the next level. Um, I think, I think I'll definitely breathe in some life into these older iconic heroes that will go ahead and reach out to an even broader audience. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yep, definitely, definitely. And I, I actually got excited with um, Idris Elba's line in the uh, in the Hobbs and Shaw film. Look at me, I'm Black Superman. I was like, oh, now I want Idris Elba to be Superman. 
Uh, looks like Michael B. Jordan beat him to it, but Idris Elba, I think, is on the verge of just being that individual, that next individual that could lead movies. I, he's been a leading man already, and mm. you know he's already had a, an acclaimed role this year with Concrete Cowboys, which is now available on Netflix and I highly recommended to people out there because it's, it's become one of the best movies rated so far this year. And I think that with this turn in the Suicide Squad, it's going to take him into another level entirely where he can be the guy that, that you know, people want to go ahead and see. And I'm looking forward to that. And we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. But I, I do like the fact that, that the movie industry, the pop culture universe is now going to become more diverse, more broad, and we're going to be able to see more sides of view from exactly more points of view from different different sides everywhere and that we'll be able to go ahead and be a little bit more open-minded and be a little bit more uh, enjoyable as far as for everybody out there mm-hmm. because i think that great storytelling no matter who it's from and no matter who it's about can really win the day in hollywood and also for the movies and tv out there so looking forward to that my friend looking forward to it indeed but before we head on out my friend this is this is mr plug time mr plug time right here for you so before we head on out you know we got to go ahead and obviously if there's any tips you, you're more than welcome to share i'm sorry i didn't grill i was you know i i can't get josh it's too late for josh it's already one in the morning so i want to go ahead before we hit as far as where we need to check out is there any tips people out there because we're still it's 100 degrees outside so i think there's still grilling that needs to be done Absolutely, mate. There's always grilling that needs to be done. Um, I've got a buddy that lives in Chicago that sends me photos of his big green egg charcoal cookers under about four feet of snow, and he's still out there uh, doing pulled pork and briskets and all sorts of stuff on it. So uh, it's never too cold for barbecue. Um, but look, we, uh, we are Smoking Your Confessions. We've got the podcast every week, and uh, we, I've now finished finally building the, uh, the TV studio-style kitchen out in the backyard. That's awesome, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we're, we've got the first three videos up that we've uh, shot out there and there's three more that are, that are already shot, just waiting to be edited and released. So we're actually doing a little series with a, with a smoker manufacturer from WA called Jagged. So we're actually um, sort of bringing some exposure to their brand for them and, and helping them out there. And uh, it's, it's really interesting stuff because it's a really uniquely designed um, smoker. There's, I, I almost guarantee that anybody listening to this will not have seen uh, anything like this particular smoker before so um that that's been really fun and uh so we've now got cooking videos coming out every saturday on our youtube channel so if you head up uh over to youtube smoking hot confessions um you'll see we've got our our uh all our video based content is up there so all the podcast videos go up there all the cooking videos go up there we've got the the tips videos going up there um we did a barbecue game show last year we're looking at bringing it back again this year so the the original 10 episodes of that are up. Um, they're a bit rough video-wise. I was just learning how to use video at, all at, at, at that point in time. So uh, certainly not um, not what you're looking at here today, but uh, they're up there as well. They're, they're a good bit of fun. Look, I'm really enjoying some of the lighter meats at the moment, chicken, seafood, that sort of thing. And I've really been enjoying some crispy skin salmon, oh. which is, oh, so good. So just had good. salmon tonight. So tell me oh. a little bit more. Tell me more. I'm a... I'm a big fish fan right now, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I quite like the, uh, the the salmon portions. I don't buy like a whole side of salmon. There's only three of us here in the house, so we don't, uh, you know, we're not going to sit down and eat salmon for four or five days because it's not going to keep like a, 
like a steak or a, or, or a brisket. You're not going to just throw it in the fridge and carve off it for the next week when you feel like it. Yeah. But no, it's uh, I, I really love it to get, get that skin nice and crispy across the bottom. I'll actually uh, almost do like a little bit like a reverse sear. I'll sort of put the, put the salmon off to one side and just let it rise in temperature slowly. And then I'll take it off and I'll tent it in foil and I'll put the, uh, put the, um, the grill over the charcoal side. So that gets screaming hot. And uh, rather than the actual, uh, cause I use a product called grill grates, which is how you get those beautiful lines on the steaks, mm-hmm. but you can actually turn them upside down and they act almost like a griddle. And so I'll, I'll turn them over above the charcoal. And then when that's screaming hot, put the salmon on that after I've oiled that down, put the salmon on that to really get that crispy skin on the, on the underside. And it is, it is just divine, just divine with a, um, my wife will actually. Do you uh, season it at all? I was just about to say like a light mustard and some fresh dill, just sort of like baste it with that while it's slow cooking on the, on the indirect side uh, stage of the cook. That is just mint. And I've actually built a little uh, series of vegetable gardens out in the side yard here. And I've got, a dill plant that's as tall as I am. And so I love to just go out and just grab a fresh little, uh, little bit of dill and chop that up and sprinkle that across the top. And the fresh herbs just make all the difference. Oh my goodness. You're doing it to me again. You're doing it to me again. How dare you? I tell you, does this to me every time. Now I leave hungry and I'll tell you what, now I got to, it's 1147 at night here. And oh my gosh, you know, it's not, well, this is Vegas. Everything's open 24 seven, but I was anyways. about to say, you're you're in Las Vegas. There's got to be 24-hour yeah. salmon there somewhere. It's not quite what it once was, but yes, you can still find something to eat here in Vegas. Yeah, you're good. I'm good. I'm good. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. But you've got to go ahead and tell, again, people where they need to go. I mean, Smoking Hot Confessions, the whole entire empire, as I try to go ahead and kid you on, there's so much to do, so much to see, and so many interactions and great conversations that you have I mean, the, the way you treat the community out there on Facebook alone is a great reason why people need to get into Smoking Hot Confessions. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the Facebook group. That's probably a great place to start. Head on over to Facebook and look at the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community. We've got uh, just over 4,000 members in there now, and there's almost 3,500 actively engaged members in there, which for a Facebook group to have that higher engagement rate is uh, is pretty impressive and it's just one of the nicest little corners of the internet we um all the all the guff is left at the door there's not a lot of the uh uh politicizing and rabble rousing that you see in a lot of other online forums we don't uh we don't have any of that in there we just hang out it's it's family friendly it's family based and uh, we just have a good time so start there um, there is, of course, the Smoking Hot Confessions channel across all the different social media, so uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, YouTube is where we're premiering all our cooking videos now. So to we're in a growth phase with the YouTube channel at the moment. So if anyone would like to go over there and give us a subscribe, we'd really, really love that. Um, we're actually debuting all our cooking videos a month before we're releasing them anywhere else. So mm-hmm. they're uh, they're debuting over on YouTube first. 
and uh, so head on over there, check them out. And also smokinghotconfessions.com is where we, we do all our write-ups. So all our product reviews, all our recipes, all of the podcast episodes, they also go up on the website there. And of course, all the, all the beautiful t-shirts and uh, different uh, co- uh, drinking tumblers and beanies and all, all that sort of stuff. We've got all that over there as well. So head on over, check that out. Oh, and th- there is a free ebook available over there as well. The beginner's guide to real barbecue. So that was recently awarded at the NBBQA awards, the national barbecue and grilling association based out of Kansas city. And uh, that's available for free up on the website at the moment. So head on over there, check that out. Smokinghotconfessions.com, the beginner's guide to real barbecue. You've got the whole entire experience right there for you. If people just have any questions on the grilling scene, I've actually recommended that to people because when I've been in the section where people are talking about meats and grilling, or if I actually one time I was talking to someone about barbecues, I told them SHC is the place to go. Benner knows the man. If you want to know anything distinct about grilling, the grilling environment, and of course the food that the grilling you know happens to go on, you got to go to smoking on confessions. It's just truly a great experience, my friend. Thank you, man. You I appreciate to, it. You are to be, you just be wholly congratulated for all your efforts at SHC. But before you get out of here, my friend, is, you know, Marvel and DC aside, is there any one other thing that you're looking for? I mean, we've talked about so much in pop culture. We've talked about so much that you're looking forward to. I mean, is there anything you want everybody out there to go ahead that you've caught or that you're looking forward to? You got one thing out there that's outside the superhero business that you want people to know about in pop culture. Mm, outside the superhero business. Because um, we always talk super. It always goes to superheroes between us. Yeah. I know you're yeah, a big yeah. fan of a whole bunch of stuff. Is there anything you caught recently? I know Rick and Morty's almost already finishing up. I know that a lot of people are liking that. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff out there. Star Trek Lower Decks just took off. I know a lot of people liking that. I saw the first episode thought it was great as usual but you know there is there stuff out there that you are looking at or have looked at recently that you think you need to go ahead and give a shout out to um look i've i managed to catch the first 15 minutes of a quiet place too um before something came up and i had to turn it off and go and take care of that um but i'm definitely looking forward to to getting back to that the first 15 minutes looked looked pretty good on that um uh does masters of the universe count as superheroes Absolutely. That actually. All right. So, so we can't talk about them then. Um. We actually uh, had a quite a bit of a conversation on that. In fact, I actually, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I devoted an entire episode to the conflicting sides between the sides of the universe that are for and against the changes that Kevin Smith made. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I thought it was very positive. I was going in there thinking, you know, because I've actually seen all the episodes when I was a teenager and I thought, all right, it's very cheesy, very campy, but you know, it's got its charm and whatnot. I love Skeletor, but you know, to me, it wasn't the most well-made thing in the world. And then I saw uh, going into it, I just didn't think a whole lot of it. And then I watched it and I'm like, this is a really good way to showcase it and present it to a 2021 audience. I want to hear your thoughts. Are you for and against? Because believe me, I bet if you check out the show, everyone out there, I did a couple of weeks ago, devoted to Masters of the Universe. There is a definitive rift between those who wanted to keep it the way it was in the 80s and those who like the updated version that's now. So tell me your thoughts on this. And I'm glad I brought it up because, you know, this is something that's been a hot button for He-Man fans, to say the least. Look, I think that there was enough um, enough uh, 
sort of throwbacks to the original series to keep most people happy. But there were a lot of things in the old series that you just sort of can't do in, in 2021. I mean, they just don't work. I remember a couple of years ago, I was feeling really nostalgic and I went back and I watched a bunch of Knight Rider episodes that I really used to love. And I remember just watching that, just going, wow, this is terrible. Like, this is just, this is rubbish. But my, but my memory of it is just so amazing. So I, I think that there are, that there's always going to be things that you've got to update for, for modern times, for a, for a modern audience. And at the end of the day, if that, if that cartoon is able to introduce a new generation of kids to it so that those stories can continue and the Masters of the Universe line continues, mate, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, uh, to be honest, I, I probably do need to go back and, and read it again. Uh, sorry, uh, watch it again um, because I didn't actually realize that He-Man had died at the end of the first episode. <laughs> it wasn't until that episode three. I'm like, where's He-Man? Why isn't this supposed to be the He-Man show? And then I think about episode five, they, they, uh, one team went to heaven and the other team went to hell and, uh, you know, they went to, and there's He-Man. I went, Oh, he died. So I probably need to go back and watch it again, just to, uh, just to clarify a couple of things like, you know, which characters lived. Um, well, it was, him and, it was He-Man and Skeletor. They fought, yeah, they yeah, fought. Yeah. And then they, uh, at the end of the episode, you're believing that he-man and skeletor but you know in this type of age no one actually dies you know if they don't want to and of course they're the title characters the only thing was was that the first episode really with that same type of opening that you saw in the 80s kind of led you to believe that it was going to be a he-man based show at least the first five episodes and i'm glad it wasn't because for me, I don't think that's a great term because I never was really in love with the He-Man character. Anyways, again, I was more Skeletor myself because I thought he was so charismatic. But he keep, to me, he just carried it because He-Man's the straight guy. He-Man is that guy, okay, make sure you're doing the right thing at the end of the episode. Make sure you're walking across the street, looking both ways. You know, you got the PSA at every end. I'm just glad the fact, I'm, I'm, I just thought that it was kind of misleading in the beginning because they let you believe that was a He-Man episode. Then by the end of that first episode, he and Skeletor get killed, but they come back as, as all good things. And then, you know, there's another five episodes and you can make sure that you give He-Man plenty of the spotlight from there. You know, that to me is just, I think what what's going on with that. I mean, did you, I mean, you got to go check that part out, I guess on episode one, but I mean, for the most part after that, were you pleasantly surprised the way in the direction it went? Yeah, I was. I was. Um, I really liked seeing a, like uh, uh, Evil Lynn portrayed mm-hmm. in a much stronger, more proactive way. Yeah, just um, the fact that she spent so much time on screen and she carried much of these episodes, her and Tila, I thought was really yeah. a, a nice turn. Yeah, well, I mean, my, my memory of, um, of Evil Lynn from the cartoon was that she was always kind of this sort of scantily clad, but, uh, but overall kind of almost weak side character that was she Skeletor's girlfriend or was she not? And like, but she actually had sort of depth and, and uh, sort of gumption in this new one. Um, like she, I, I actually really believed that that particular version of that character that Kevin Smith created, I, I actually believed that she could be journeying across the planet looking for these things to try and save the world. And yeah, 
and the and the the same with Teela. Teela in the original series was only ever as strong as the plot needed for that particular episode. So, you know, to to see her portrayed in such a strong way um, was interesting. I thought the haircut was an interesting choice. <laughs> I, I don't know that I would have gone with that haircut, but um, I I definitely liked uh, liked seeing the the character portrayed in a much stronger way. Did your son watch it with you? Mm-hmm. What yep. were his, what was his impressions? Because obviously he wasn't around for the '80s show. I mean, and, mm. and to have him watch that and then this back to back probably wouldn't be the best idea because it's like you know night and day. But what were his impressions? He didn't mind it, but uh, I, I don't think he he didn't really sort of understand all the all the mythology behind it. Yeah, they're like, oh, He Man, who who's He Man? Oh, he's the good guy. Okay, who's the bad guy? Oh, Skeletor. Oh, okay. And he just wants to rule the world. Oh, all right. Okay. But I mean, he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's nine. So he's into like undertale and, and you know, sands and ultra sands. And he can tell you the all 27 different versions of the sands character. And, but, but that makes me want to rip my eyeballs out. And so <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd imagine that this is much the same for him. I don't think he, he had the, the, the connection to it that I did. But my friend, it's just been awesome talking to you. Once again, it's Ben Arno. Just type in these words, smoking hot confessions, and everything lights up right there, whether you Bing it, whether you Google it, whether you do it on social media, just go ahead, make sure you follow him. Like he said, the best place to start is on Facebook. Be part of that community, get to know everybody that's going on there, family friendly, then you can go to the website, you can read up on all the things that are going on there, check out the podcast for his great interviews, check out the videos on YouTube and become a subscriber. The experience is there for you. And if you want to know more about the grilling world, there's no better place to go than Smoking Hot Confessions. That's, Thank right. you very that, much, Mike. That's got to be like a commercial there for you. You know, well, if you ever need a free read, let me know. There you go. Yeah, mate. I, I just want to say thanks very much for, for having me on board again. I love coming on your show and talking about uh, about all things pop culture. And um, it's uh, it, it's a really good show that that you do. And I know you're getting massive coverage now of your of your episode. So well done. You've you've worked really hard because we've been chatting online together for four or five years now, I think. And just to Close see the growth. Yes. Yeah. To, to see the growth in your show. And the, it, it's a reflection of the work that you put into it. So congratulations right back to you too as well sir well thank you we're hitting five years as of this recording next week so we will be five years probably by the time this airs so i cannot thank you enough i mean you were one of our first major recurring guests that appeared on the show and you've been stuck with me ever since i don't know if that's good for you or bad for you but you know i'm so thankful for you i appreciate the kind words and to see both of us grow from the time that we first met and we first communicated online to see where we are now it's been rewarding to say the least in a in a facebook group too i think that was i think we actually met uh, chatting online on different posts in a facebook group absolutely and i was like oh i would love to go ahead and hear more about grilling absolutely <laughs> all right got to get this guy on the air and now just you know it just worked out and you love pop culture too bonus bonus (laughs) that was just so excited and again still to this day i want to make sure that you know i cannot thank you enough for all your appearances and continued success to you and i look forward to bringing you back once again it's ben arno the mastermind behind smoking hot confessions just type in smoking hot confessions wherever you go and the best in grilling comes up right there for you well my friend it's been great having you here i wish you continued success continued safety 
and I wish for you the best and the family. And of course, lots of pop culture hunting right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.